Steve Jobs, Apple, 21. Bill Gates, Microsoft, 20. Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, 19. The world is forever changed by these young visionaries who dare to dream big. Welcome to the Ideas Can't Wait podcast, where I interview some of the brightest young entrepreneurs that started their business in their early 20s. Here, I will uncover their story of how they get started, their struggles and success, and how they view the future as young visionaries of this generation. Welcome to the very first and very special episode of Idea Can't Wait podcast. Many of you might know that I started my first startup with my good friend Muhammad when we were both 19 years old. And I thought who would be a better person to interview than my co-founder and best friend, Muhammad Wasif. Muhammad is a recent graduate from the University of Toronto. Muhammad and I started summer in 2020 to deliver grocery to resident students in 15 minutes. Since the launch of the startup, Summer has attracted more than 3,000 users, partnered with seven university residences, and accumulated more than 37 locations of partnership with local grocery stores. Muhammad was also selected to be a member of an incubator program called Next36, where they select 36 of the most entrepreneur undergrads in the entire nation of Canada. In this episode, we will be uncovering the story of how Summer started and failed, learning from starting our startups at the age of 19, mentalities, struggles, and many more. I hope you enjoy this conversation. What's going on? <laughs> I don't think I should swear in this. No, you should swear. Should I? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a few questions since it's the first one. Why are you starting the podcast and what's it called? Yeah, so... First of all, there's one selfish aspect and there's also one, one motivational aspect. The selfish aspect is I wanted to really build my personal network. I want to reach to reach the people that I admire, that, that have accomplished amazing things at a young age. So this, was, this podcast sort of will be like an excuse for me to talk to them, to have a half an hour, one hour conversation and to start building these relationships. So that's the selfish aspect. And, and I think another motivational aspect is because... I personally started my own business with you yeah. when I was 19 years old. And yeah. when I started, I didn't expect anything. I just wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to achieve. I wanted to be successful. I think that's, that's the reason that most of the entrepreneurs that began with, right? But what I realized is that even though I didn't really succeed like I originally planned, but the process is so amazing. I learned so much stuff that I fundamentally changed the way that I think and the way that I approach life. And I think just the process itself is so beneficial. It doesn't matter what the result is. I think it's always great to start something. It doesn't have to be a business. It can be a podcast, it can be a, like a social media account. Just the concept of starting something on your own, motivating yourself to grow it, mm-hmm. to have a purpose to it, that process of it can basically change you and make you a better person. So I want to take this concept in my experience and influence other people. I want to motivate others to start their, whatever it is, their podcast, their social media, their business early in their life so that they can get those learnings. Yeah. And I want to make it not as a scary thing because when I, I remember when I started, it was kind of scary. I didn't have nobody. I, I just wanted to start something and be successful. And it was scary in the beginning, but I, I want to through this podcast from talking to founders like you to share their stories share their struggles to motivate them to start it's not that scary yeah so this is like your next startup before your actual next startup 
Well, no, it, it can be something that I do for a lifetime or, or something that I can do for a very long time because I don't think it inter has a conflict with the startup. Yeah. It, it's just the way a media that let more people to have access to those great minds, young great minds yeah. of how, what they're thinking, why they started their business. Bro, right? When you told me you're starting one, I was surprised because I was like, because remember, remember when we started, like you weren't necessarily somebody that did this type of shit. Yeah, I mean? like, I yeah, and you had a hard time like having meetings or having uncomfortable conversations with people, but we both come really far, and that's really cool to see. And the other thing is, like in the beginning, the reason we started our company together is not because like I'm a tech guy and you're this business guy. We both were business guys, but we were just yeah. individually scared to do it, so we came together to do it, right? Yeah. And also, obviously, there was synergy and shit. Yeah, but I but now like we I started my own thing with the blogs and you started this own thing and we're not scared to start our own thing. Yeah, which is good because we, we got the courage. We, we, even though we failed, we proved to ourselves that we can do shit on our own. Yeah, honestly, like the I I wanted to start for the longest time. I think I told you even in in, in MNP where we both worked together in our first internship. I told you that even in first year. I want to start something, but I don't know what to start, and I'm scared to start on my yeah, own. Yeah, yeah, same. Right. <laughs> so, w when I was telling you that, I, I was like, I was being real. I need to have someone to be with me to start it, so that it doesn't feel as lonely. It feels like someone's on my side to to conquer this hard thing together. And having go through that experience, I think now it made me realize is it's actually not that scary well it, it still might be scary but i have the courage yeah, enough exactly. to start something on my own it's not like before I, if i don't have someone i wouldn't start yeah i think go through this it really let me realize the power of pushing yourself and also doing things outside of your comfort zone and to really go after it but not being held back by being scared or fear yeah. i think fear and scared is a normal thing but having the willpower is very something that's special that yeah. i learned from our journey too yeah, yeah, like I'm still scared. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'm still scared shitless of the next startup. <laughs> but like, I know yeah. that if I wanted to do it on my own, I could do it on my own. But that was not like that before, because when we in the and before, I needed somebody to be a co-founder with me, or I wouldn't have done it ever. Mm. I don't know why. And then and, and it's like I knew I wanted to start something, but I also didn't have a reason why. And now you have a reason why you want to start this. Yeah. Like I just, it's not just because you want to start some something. You actually have. Like the mission you, that you talked about before. Right. Which is good. Like it should always start with like a problem or a mission that you're trying to solve or trying to do. Yeah, right. But it was the other way around before. Yeah, because I feel like now I feel like because I've learned so much, I, I don't want the learnings to just be myself. I want everyone to be able to go through what I've went through. Yeah. Right. So but before I had a concept, okay, I, I learned something that you didn't. So mm -hmm. I'm better than you. I have the advantage compared to you yeah but now I, I think sharing the learning with everyone that sort of yeah. empowers everyone and, and that makes everyone better and that brings more joy to me than just yeah. having the feeling of superiority of me knowing more than you right so and that's also something that i started too like i, I want to share this story with everyone and i want everyone to listen to and i learn from it and do something by themselves starting something yeah. i think that's powerful so you want to give back yeah and, knowledge and, yeah, share my knowledge. I, I don't want to say I have a, a lot of knowledge, but I, I want to say that I want to interview people who's a, accomplished great things and let them share their knowledge as well, mm -hmm. right? Because we, we, we all started something, we have, we have those resonance. Yeah. Okay, so now that, 
now that that's over like the the the, the summer part like our company yeah what are you doing now? i don't really know much either i just know you're doing a lot of meetings and shit yeah so okay so i think you should give them like people people who maybe haven't listened yet what, what you're doing and why you're doing it and shit yeah exactly so um, so we had a company for three years yeah, we had a company for, for two and a half and almost three years. Yeah. And we just stopped it like around three weeks ago. Same time we graduated. Same time when we graduated. Well, there's a lot of reason. I'm going to ask you that later. Why, why do you think we really stopped? And, okay. But yeah, right now, I think, well, starting, starting a company and, and making an impact, not only in my life, but impact for others. That's something that's always a goal of me. I think I, 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 one day in my life, I, I will achieve that. And, and that's sort of the long-term goal. But I think to reach there, there's a lot of step and a lot of learning for me to do, mm-hmm. right? So right now, what my goal is to learn as much as possible. And I think it's the same for you. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of different ways to, to, to learn, right? Like I said, starting something on your own, there's learning. Being with someone that's already successful, already on the path to success and learn from them. That's sort of like a shortcut to, to, to learning. Yeah. So what I'm doing right now is I think it's a combination of both. Now I'm working with a company that's called Captain AI. Um, you, can, you guys can check it out. It's a SaaS software uh, that empowers restaurants to have their own delivery driver and to deliver more effectively and efficiently and reduce their cost. Mm-hmm. So their customers like Pizza Pizza. And they have, honestly have a great product. And that's what we didn't have in summer when we're yeah. building our company. So it really feels different when, when you're having a great product and, and everything else is falling in place. So I was doing a lot of investor meetings with the CEO of Captain. I was listening to their conversation with how they talk to the VCs. And it was drastically different compared <laughs> to how we talk to VCs, right? So it was investor meetings, all of them? Most, most, M- most of them, yeah. When we talk to VCs, we're like, Maybe. we're being examined by venture capitalists. We're being examined by them, how great our idea is and what our traction is and whether or not we can be successful or not. But for him, it's no longer that because they, are, they have plenty of traction. They've reached, I think they've reached sort of product market fit. So what their conversation with the VC is, like how much money are you able to invest? And, and it's sort of turning the table around. Yeah. So I see Ryan, which is the CEO of Captain, he asking VCs, what are you excited he's about? What are you passionate about? Man. Whether they should be the, the people that invest in them. Yeah. So that's sort of like a turning around the table. So I personally learn a lot from that and, and seeing the difference between a great product and not so great product, and the way that he runs his business and to approach investor. I think that is a lot of learning for me. So that's learning from others. And I think learning from others and learning from their experience and track record can really help me as a yeah. person. And that's one side. And the second side is that's why I'm starting this. Because I still think the greatest learning is from doing something. Yeah. You, you can't sit there and listen to others' experience but without doing anything, you will forget about what you have listened. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think starting this podcast and, and also um, met some great people in Collision. So there are also Asian founders. Right? So we found this commonality between us of being an Asian founder, how difficult it is to start a business. And we want to create a small community where we can still learn from each other and share our experience within the community and be helpful for others. So we're sort of creating this community where we start drafting ideas of what it should look like, what our mission is and why people should join us. So we're probably going to start that in the next week or two. So yeah, like learning from, from company that have great product, starting my own podcast and creating a community. Mm. These are the three, three things that I think I'll be doing in the next one or two years. And if I find a great opportunity, a great problem that I really resonate with, I think 
It has to be connected to my heart. Otherwise, I would give up. Otherwise, I will feel like it's not worthwhile to build it. Until I find that problem, I think I'll start a business by then.、Mm. And why are you choosing to stay in this industry? In terms of, because like I mean, restaurant, grocery industry. I didn't really choose it. I think it chose me. Yeah. So the way, that, like, it's kind of funny how I met Ryan from Captain. How did、um, you? Yeah, you never told me that. Yeah. So. I was attending the big conference, tech conference called Collision in Toronto. There's a mobile app where we can register our profile and put our description there.、Mm-hmm. And and because I want to meet more people, I need to have a reason to meet more people. So I still put co-founder of Summer and 15 minute grocery delivery, right? Yeah. So Ryan actually reached out to me. He want to have a conversation to me because he think his software can benefit us as a 15、oh, minute grocery delivery. He's so he's trying to sell to you. <laughs> And 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 it's pretty yeah he was trying to sell it to me but it was pretty surprising I, I didn't expect him because he was busy he had Techstar at the last day of、uh, of collision and he was living very far away from the, from the conference so we connected on the first day didn't end up meeting the second day didn't end up meeting the third day so the last day he was like Frank I have to meet you I was like okay let's meet and half an hour before the demo day the the Techstar demo day he drove all the way from around Hamilton. To to downtown to meet me、What、in collision.、Fuck? Well, he has to go to the demo day afterwards, anyways.、Yeah. But he he sort of just came to the conference to see me and talk to me. Yeah. And he was trying to see if there's a fit that I can use the product. But I think just a line that I, we're not doing it, and then they're hiring, they're growing, and just just so that he needed someone to help him with fundraising and he needed someone who has an accounting background to manage their finances and operations. So it's sort of like a natural fit. I was like, damn, I didn't expect that. Damn. And and the first moment I met him, like he was super kind, and he has this charisma that he I didn't even know what what he was I didn't even know clearly what he was doing, but I was convinced. <laughs> I was like, whatever the fuck you're building, <laughs> you're good. Damn, that's good. That's a good leader. I think it's so they have a good leader and a good product. I think it's a smile, yeah. And he told me a lot about his story. He he went through a hard time, like ten years building the product didn't make it, but now he's finally blossoming and going somewhere.、That's、yeah.、Cool. So like the way that we met is pretty. I didn't look for him. He sort of looked for me, and and just so happened it's in the restaurant industry, <laughs> so I didn't choose it. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of, and it's it's also where my knowledge and experience is, right? So, in the past week, I've been working for him. I was able to contribute a lot, and because I understand how it goes and how the delivery and logistics, all that stuff, and also how we talked to investors in the past two three years, I had some experience. So I, so I think I I was able to contribute to to his experience, and I was I think I was able to bring value. So there's a few implications of this, right? Like of you staying in the industry. One is like, yeah, you're able to transfer your learnings from somewhere onto this. Yeah. But the other is that if you want to move on to another industry after this, right, you might possibly have a harder time. Do you, yeah. Are you scared of that? No. I think fundamentally they're not doing logistics. They're doing software. So SaaS. So they they're just serving this specific industry,、okay. right? So they're doing software and they're internally they're managing it as a software company.、Mm-hmm. They're growing it as a software company. So it's more, I I'd say eighty percent on software, but twenty percent on logistics and and、okay. restaurants. So I think it wouldn't be a hard time. I think I really wanted to learn about how a software company runs and. How they make their product, right? So I think that's that's where my greatest learning lies. Yeah,、right? it's solid where I, what I learn,、mm-hmm. but rather than the industry, right? It's it's the skills that I bring, but not the industry specific knowledge. Okay, and so far it's been what like a week. Yeah. How, what have you learned? 
I didn't learn like I didn't learn anything about the restaurant industry. I I learned a lot about how he talked to investors and and his strategy. Yeah. So you're kind of like shadowing him. Yeah, shadowing him. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and then he's and he's willing to bring me to all his all his meetings. That how that was pretty he? good. He's like I don't know forty something forty fifty. Yeah. yeah. And he had a whole career before you said right his surgeon and shit. Yeah, he he graduated as a from medical school he did hearts and lung surgeries he was a surgeon and after he found this opportunity he started his marketplace for everything and tr- and pivoted to on-demand delivery and pivoted to a SaaS software so he's what? He, he's in he, he's been doing this company for 10 years what yeah 10 he's years doing marketplace for everything yeah like amazon deliveroo yeah Deliveroo was his competitor in in in, in UK, UK. Oh. so when deliveroo had 50 people he also had 50 people but just because the liberal have a, a little bit better business model, yeah. they were able to expand faster and raise money. But oh. they wouldn't. They, but he wasn't able to. Yeah. How have you been, man? What have you been doing? After uh, some? Bro, I've been on a really different like situation. Yeah. Different Tell path. Me. Tell me. I feel like when so okay so there was two there's two there was two paths that could have been taken after summer shut shut down. Yeah. The good path, which is what you took. Yeah. And then my path, which is the bad one. No, there's not not good and bad. No, as in for me personally, bro, I, I think I took it a lot harder than you did. Like oh. I took it in a negative way. Really? Yeah, I don't think I told you this. Well, I kind of told you this, but I don't know why, bro. Okay, so I need a purpose in my life to be happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> who, who doesn't? Yeah, yeah, but when summer shut down, I lost my purpose kind of. Yeah, and I don't like when some things are uncertain or I don't know what's happening next. So for me, I took that I took it a lot harder than I thought out that than I thought I would. I don't. I still don't see it as a failure. I see. I, I definitely see it as a success with everything that we did. But because it it wasn't like like we didn't raise money or like we didn't get acquired or but anything like that, it I just took it bad. So for example, collision, I wasn't able to take advantage of that as well as I should have. I wasn't mm. able to stay there for too long. Mm. Yeah, like shit like that. What's going on in your mind that that made you maybe took it in a negative way? For me, it was like, okay, when I was at Collision, when you told me like simply what you said, I was like, oh shit, true. But when I was at Collision, I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to talk to these people about, bro? Okay, like I'm, I, I'm a recent grad, which does really doesn't mean shit. So I'm a recent grad who had a company while they were a student. But then when they graduated, like it shut down. Mm. Like what? What else can you? I mean, it's it's obviously like now looking back, it doesn't make sense. But at that time, that's what I was thinking. Like, what am I supposed to talk to these people about? Mm. And then like I hadn't been to a fucking place with so many people in years, bro. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that shit was overwhelming for me. Okay. So I I like I my limit like I would reach there around. So I literally was only there on Tuesday. <laughs> Monday I came, got my shit, and left like my registration stuff and left. Tuesday I was there from like ten to three, and then I went to the next office. And I did my like little party over there, and then I went home. Okay. So I did. I was literally at collision for five hours in total. Okay. Out of the three four days that it was there. Okay. Because I just couldn't. I don't know why, man. I I I couldn't like. I just there was too many people there for me. Is it because you lost a purpose in your life that you're working on something, or your your courage or your confidence is yeah. is compromised because this might this didn't go well. Summer didn't go as as planned. Yeah, like for me, in my head, and I know it's not true, but I don't know why. Like, I'm like, okay, like, what can I offer? Like, I want to work in the startup industry. Yeah. But I don't want to work in the startup industry. Why? <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think right now I have, I've gathered the credibility or the credentials to work in the startup industry yet. But I know I have, but in my head I haven't. Just be- because it failed. 
And like I'm gonna get over it. It's like a small slump and shit, but that's where I was at with Collision. So I'm still kind of there right now. Yeah, but Collision is one event. Were you generally more like happier or generally more sad compared to when you shut down summer? After what do you mean? Like after you shut down, were you happier than when you were running it? No, fuck no. You weren't? No, yeah, I loved I loved summer, bro. It was the best time of my life. Okay. So that's why when I shut down, like it was like not good. Really? Yeah. And and it was like the first thing I was genuinely proud of in my life. What else have we done? School is like bullshit. Co-ops bullshit. Mm. It was the first thing I was actually part of, and it was the first thing that I really cared about. And the the why why did you have the thought of shutting it down? I, I want to know because personally for me is because. I wasn't really having a lot of fun. I I lost of hope of where the company can go. So the more I worked on it, the the more depressed I got because I know that doesn't matter how much work I put into it, it's not gonna be something. So yeah. it sort of lost the purpose for me. So at the at the end of one month, I was really not happy because I was like, "What am I working on? What am I doing? Like it's I know it's not gonna go anywhere." So I personally have already made the concept of fifteen minute delivery. Not viable, so I, I personally denied the possibility of it and basically cut up yeah. the hope. So that's what made me not really motivated and sad. But like, so what is it for you that? No. What is it really for you, like deep down, that make you want to shut it down and want to? Yeah, I felt all those things too. Like I realized, I think a little bit later than you did, that we didn't have a fundamentally a good product, a good business model. Mm. So that's why we shut down. Like yeah. if I'm boiling it all down. But still, at the end of the day, like you, there was all those things that you just felt. I felt those too, but I also was really happy and proud of it. Okay. So and then when it shut down, I was still happy and proud of it, but I I had lost the the thing that I cared and mo- was most proud of. Okay. So then when I lost my purpose, I was like, shit, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? I've never had a summer off, bro. Like after high school, when I was eighteen, after high school, I worked at a bank for four months. And then when University of Toronto Scarborough, you can't like, you don't have summers off. Everything every summer you're doing something. Yeah. So I haven't had a summer off till this summer. Mm. So that was cool too. Like I have some time off and shit, but I lost my purpose, and then I had too much free time. <laughs> but time off is not for you. Yeah, I can't do that. I like doing some shit, at least something. Even if it's like something like personal, like writing blogs. That's why I picked that up. That was cool. What were you doing that you're actually happy about at the end of the、uh, the last month? What were you doing there? Yeah. No, I don't think there was anything day to day I was doing that made me happy. To be honest, I think the blog is is it. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I mean, in terms of summer, like the job I was doing at summer. Yeah. As a founder. Yeah. There was nothing that we were doing day to day that was making us happy. Yeah. Because we knew it was gonna end at some point subconsciously, right? But in terms of like what I was doing personally, like yeah, the blogs, they still like I'm still writing shit to this day. Well, so we shut down. I think. Beginning of May or end of May? End of May. End of May. Yeah. So when when did you realize that we should shut it down or there is no hope? Right after when we hit that peak in January of orders. So for for the people listening, we hit a really big peak in January of orders, and right after when we didn't sustain that in February March, that's when I realized. February and March. February probably yeah. When we didn't sustain it, I realized. When is it the moment for me? What. It's right in the middle of January. <laughs> in the peak, <laughs> in the peak when you realize that we couldn't fulfill the orders. 
I, there's a very specific moment I'll tell you. So in January, thanks to Joe, our investor, <laughs> <laughs> also our, our marketing genius who helped us did a little marketing on this platform called Red, yeah. and it spread like wildfire. So overnight, we've gone from five, two orders a day to 60 orders a day. So naturally, we didn't have enough people to do, to do the deliveries. Yeah. So that week was the hell week of my life. <laughs> so what I was doing is that I would go there in the morning at 7 a.m., preparing, starting to deliver and pack all the orders. Coming home at around 12 p.m., trying to hire new drivers to be able to help and come the next day to deliver. And then when you would get home, I would get there. Yes. That shit's so fucking crazy. I think there's a specific moment in there. So I'll tell you, I think it's a Wednesday when we hit the peak. So that was the 60 order day. That was the most order that we've ever, oh, ever gotten. Wednesday, yeah. And that day, there's so many issues that's going on. First of all, our app is broken, breaking down. So... We promised to give our customer $10 off, but in reality, we charged them the $10. <laughs> so I was the only one that's doing customer service. So around like 50 or 100 people are keep messaging me on my phone. Wait, this is the bug that we had in the app? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And there's endless order that's coming in. And I was the one that's doing the packing. So I was doing four orders at the same time packing. And after I done the four order, eight more comes. <laughs> And, and the, simultaneously, I have to coordinate with the drivers to tell them where to deliver because the driver app wasn't working either. So I have to send them the screenshot. And at the same time, I have to talk to customers on the phone and on the messaging app to communicate with them what their issue is with their app. And every order is like $2, $3. And when I'm paying is four, $5, $40, $50. For like four orders. Yes. And we didn't have enough credit card to pay for it. So I was using my personal card to pay for it. So all that, I realized, shit, what the fuck are we doing? We're delivering at a loss. We can't accommodate so many demand. Our app is not working. The customer are not having a great experience. We promised to deliver in 15 minutes, but in reality, we're delivering in two hours. So at that point, I realized how can we make this work? And I just, it was a very great dream that we had of delivering in 15 minutes and we can scale it to a thousand orders. But in reality, when we reach there, it's, it's, it's a very horrible situation. Yeah. So at that time I was like, damn, I was sort of, I had a, that's the first time in my life. I, I really had a mental breakdown for like five minutes or 10 minutes. I literally, all the orders is coming in. Ten more orders. I haven't picked. I I I sit, I sit down on the floor what? of Metro, and I was like, I was I was I want to give up. At the time, I was like, fuck it, I'm not gonna do it. But I, I had to get up. I was like, okay, let's let's do this again. No way. You never told. Because I didn't shit. eat all day. Oh. That was like three p.m. in the afternoon. I haven't <laughs> eaten shit. I didn't even drink anything. The first bite, the first drink I had was nine p.m. after the store closed. <laughs> <laughs> So I really had a mental breakdown at the oh, time. And man. that's the first time in my life that I ever had that. Damn. But I picked myself out of, and, and get to finish that day. But th- there was, that time was also the time where I fostered a lot of the real appreciation and emotion in life. Because I see that our drivers, especially Jasper, they didn't complain. They were just delivering their same as me. Didn't have a drink, didn't eat anything. 
have no excuse, no not complaining from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah. I, ha- I really have a lot of respect for them because I personally went through what it's like. I, I really appreciate that. And we had a really great time after 9 p.m. Yeah. I was buying them pizza and this guy was putting, we're having pico, so we're, he, he, you're able to put all the ingredients on it. And he was putting all the shit that we're eating in the car. He was laughing. Like, Yo, I put too much stuff on the pizza. <laughs> so we had a really great time. Yeah, man. I had a good time with the drivers too, man. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, that, that was the time when I realized that this might not work out. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I think like, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm surprised we didn't realize it sooner. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I, I think as an entrepreneur, we need to have a reality distortion field because... Even though things are not working out, we always have to believe that it will one day. Yeah. And we have to keep telling ourselves, keep convincing ourselves. If we break down, if we stop believing it, nobody, will, nobody else will. Yeah, and then if you think of it based on that, like we, start, we stopped a lot earlier than most people would. But I still think, okay, so, but now we know like, what metrics and business model and stuff works and what doesn't work. And that's what I got out of that, that period of time. Even though we were at our peak orders, as soon as we didn't retain it, customer retention rate was our actionable metric mm. and as soon as we didn't retain it in february we had like a what like a fucking two percent or three percent retention yeah everyone was just taking advantage of it yeah so like that discount was like and we burned through eight thousand in a month right or like in a day or some or a week or some shit yeah a week we weren't through eight thousand in a week so that's when i realized like bro this, this shit's dead what, what was the worst time and worst feeling when you were doing summer when a worst feeling yeah like the Worst time that that you had, because that was sort of the my my. my that was your rock bottom moment. Rock bottom moment, yeah. Mine was in the summer of twenty twenty one. Okay. Mine was a lot. Mine was so for me when when I I had a lot of personal issues going on at that time. Balancing that with with summer was my hardest time, because I wasn't able to focus and for the first time. Like normally, if like normally I'm able to separate it. If I'm at work, it doesn't matter what's going on in my personal life. I'm able to like work. But for the first time that 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 and that during that period of time, it was like overlapping. So that was my hardest time. That was my rock bottom. It was May. I remember May, end of May, early June. Mm. Yeah, that was my hardest time. But how how did you get out of it? How did you deal with? Because I know, like, for a person who starting their startup, there have to be a lot of sacrifice. You know, yeah. you need to spend all your time on the company. You need to sacrifice on the time that you spend with the the people that you love, right? So. And you need to get over that mentality as well. And you need to communicate with them very effectively. Yeah, I guess like for me, it was just time. Bro. Like, like when somebody passes away, like there's a five stage of grief and whatever. Yeah. When I hit the last stage, I was good to go. But it just took some time to figure it out. I think for me, for me, like that whole year from May 2021 to even now, to be honest, bro, it's been like weird. So I was still working in the background, but I wasn't able to communicate that to you. Yeah. So I was still doing all the shit I needed to do for school, for summer and shit. Yeah. But I wasn't able to, like, before we had a system where, like, we would have our to-do list and stuff. Yeah. And we would meet every day, we'd talk about what we are going to do in the day, do it, and then go through, like, a post-mortem where we would talk about, okay, like, we did this, why didn't we do it and shit. Right. It was very systematic. Then when I moved to Oakville, that was a big change for us too. Right. Like because we were we were spending every day together until I moved to Oakville. Right. When I moved to Oakville, we didn't have that constant communication. So the shit was the same from our ends, but we weren't communicating it. So that's what happened for me. So obviously if you're going through a lot, like 
communication becomes a lot harder. Yeah. So that's what happened with my side. Yeah. Why do you think it took so long for you to bring it up? Because I want to have empathy. Because I know you're going through a hard time. I want you to go through it. Yeah. I want you to spend enough time on your per- for your personal life so that you're okay. Yeah, I think that's something we were always good at with each other. Yeah. But yeah, like I think we had the right conversation at the right time. Yeah. Because after that, we set up a system and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's talk about why you started Summer in the, be- in the very first place. I think I mentioned I, I always wanted to do something, but I didn't know what to do until I met you. I had the courage to do it. Yeah. So wh- what was it for you? that? Why did you want to do your own business in the beginning? Have you ever thought of it? Or when you, by the moment when you were doing it, what were you thinking? Yeah, so, okay, so I was, I never told you this. I was always deterred by the idea of startups because my dad... Like my dad was always did like a it was went through up the corporate ladder right his mm, whole life right but he regretted not starting a startup okay so he wanted to live vicariously through through me by like telling me when I was young as fuck like eight nine ten to like start a startup okay so I was he was pushing me I don't want to fucking do it because <laughs> I was like he keeps telling me so I'm not gonna do it I was like rebelling and shit so then I completely went against that I wanted to climb the corporate ladder too. So I, MNP, though, <laughs> MNP was my first step into the corporate environment, like in Canada. And uh, that's when I was like, I hate this shit, bro. Literally on the first day of training, I was like, what the fuck are these people talking about? Like, why are we learning this? And then I remember, bro, all the training we did there didn't even end up like translating to the work. And like, I don't know. I, as soon as I, I saw that, I was like, okay, like this is not for me. And then I was like, okay, I want to start a startup again. And then we met at the same time and that's when it happened. But, like, the inherent reason was not the right reason, like we talked about. It wasn't a problem to solve. It was more like, I want to now start something because I don't like corporate, so I'm going to start this. It's funny how much impact your, your, your upbringing and your parenting have on you, on your, even on your career trajectory. Because mine was exactly different from you. My parents, they never had a corporate job. They always are very... Ghetto. They did their business. My mom used to sell rice. My dad used to sell like air conditioning. So they always was the one that's starting their own business. And they also had a dream of having, letting me go through the corporate world. This is literally what they said. I want you to join a big company, climb the ladder, be their like upper management one day, CEO, live very comfortably, getting a million dollar a year from salary, and then you can enjoy the rest of your life. So that's what they wanted me to do. And they were talking about it every day. Same as you. I hate it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do the exactly the reverse. Yeah. But I, I need to convince them that I have the ability to, to get into corporate. So and not until I get into M&P or PwC, I've proven to them that I have the ability. They start yeah. trusting me. Okay, this kid, can, they can, he can do whatever he wants now. Yeah. He can get into corporate if you want. But if you want to do a startup, I'll let him go. Yeah. So it's, it's also sort of this rebellious thoughts yeah. compared to your upbringing. Yeah. So how much impact do you think your parents and your siblings had on your, even your career? It's everything, bro. Like, I'm reading this book right now called It Didn't Start With You. Yeah. And it's about, do it, bro, it's not even just your upbringing. Yeah. It's your parents' upbringing that influences you. And then it's your grandparents as well. So in this book, it talks about, okay, your lineage. So your grandparents downward. So experiences that your grandparents have felt, you can feel their trauma in your life. Really? So if, for example, your grandfather or your grandmother served in war, their PTSD they got from that can touch you. 
severely. Wow. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, bro. And there is no, there's fully like scientific, like they did it on rats and shit, and they did it on humans and everything, and it's all it checks out. It's crazy. So I think it, it's everything, bro. And like I was always a rebellious ass kid. I think you were too. So that obviously influenced it. Can well. you see some of your characteristic from your parents now? Did you yeah. realize, bro? I become my fucking dad, bro. I snow, I snore like him. No, not physical, like, but, but mentally, how you think and the way, you, how, the way that you do stuff. Yeah, like, subconsciously, but I think there's a lot of things that are different, too. Yeah. Like, I think you're a part of them, so you can't really escape certain things. Right. But I also disagree with almost, like, a lot of the shit that they think and do. Yeah. But I, I think I start because recently I started realizing I hate the feeling of unknown. Yeah, and and I think I inherited it from my mom. She always go to the airport four hours before because <laughs> she doesn't like what if we do that, what if we do that. And I think in the in the early years of my life, I was like that. I was scared to do a lot of the things, and I, and I and I see that also a lot from my friends and and people who's around me because they're scared of not knowing. They're insecure about what they're about to experience and mm. i start to consciously realize i was self-aware yeah. and now even though i still have it but i realize okay this is the character characteristic that i want to overcome mm-hmm. i want to experience the unknown so i consciously push myself to to do those stuff yeah. even though i'm willing i'm willing to but i think those yeah. stuff is something that i should experience but i i think I, I got it from my mom i think it had a very big impact when i'm in a good state of mind i'm i'm always challenging that fear of uncertainty i have it too very strongly but when I'm in a bad state of mind, so for example with collision, yeah, because I was in a state of uncertainty because like I had lost my purpose and stuff, I'm not able to get to that point where I want to be uncomfortable. I just want to stay in my, just do my own thing, be in a comfortable environment until I figure it out. And then when I'm in a good state of mind, I'm back right. to doing the, like, doing the that type of shit. Mm. Like my parents also, bro. Like, man, like. Uh, my dad fucking plans his finances like a year ahead and i guess you have to do that when you have a family and you but you still inherit a lot of those fears of uncertainty my parents my parents too they get to the airport like oh my god bro like four or five hours even if it's domestic did you have the thought of starting something later in your life or you just want to start early or i bro I, i okay startup mentality yeah where you think you you see problems all over the world to solve yeah I didn't have that until now. What I always used to tell my dad when he'd tell me start something, start something, something, I'd be like, there's Apple, there's Google, there's Facebook, there's Netflix. Like, what the fuck am I going to start? They did right. everything. Yeah, yeah. And then he'd be like, no, there's problems to solve, problems to solve. And I'd be like, no, like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, fine, then why don't you start it? <laughs> Shit like that, yeah. right? But then when now, then I was like, okay, like, fine, dad, let me do my thing. I'll do, I'll do the corporate thing. And when I think of a problem to solve, I'll do it. Yeah. Why don't you think you, your dad started something since he really wanted to do We just it? had that conversation yesterday. Yeah. So he said to me that he... Okay, so he did his undergrad in India. Yeah. He did his master's in Saudi. And he did so well in his master's that he got a really good job. Okay. And then every time he tried to leave, they would like up his pay. And Saudi was booming <laughs> at that time. So he got so comfortable with the high salary that he just said, fuck it. Right? And then when you have a kid, shit changes. And then, like, when, when, bro, he was, his biggest regret in his life, he talks about it all the fucking time, mm. <laughs> is when we were in Canada and he was in Saudi, he had five years to himself, bro. Mm. Like, five years to himself, without kids, without a wife, like, no mm. distractions. And he could have, like, done an MBA, he could have done his own startup, he could have done anything in his life, he would just come home from a long day of work till at 7pm, watch TV and go to sleep every day. For five years? Yeah, he didn't work out, he got fat, all that. 
And he, that's his biggest regret in his life is that he's wasted five very valuable years of his life. Because at that time, he reached a point in his career where he wasn't even working that much. Like, he would come home at seven because he had to manage shit. Yeah. But, like, at his desk, he's not really doing anything because when you're managing, you're managing. Yeah. So, yeah, he could have done a lot at that time. So, yeah, man, I think, I think that's why he didn't start anything because he just got comfortable. What did you think is the single most valuable thing that you learned from starting a business at 20 years old damn that's tough yeah because like, your dad said he, he had regrets right but yeah bro i think for me man like i i, I always lacked self-confidence if i'm getting real on this shit mm. i always lacked self-confidence like i always i never ever believed i could when i was younger i never believed i could get a girl <laughs> I never, I never believed I could get a job. I Same, never, man. Yeah, I never believed I could get into university. I never believed, and I, and then when I did those things, so my my biggest hurdle for me, like when I was younger, is to be, like the thought of being like a successful person in your in whatever career you are, because I would see like my, for example, like my dad or my uncle and stuff, and like they're doing so well in life, be like that's never gonna be me. So now, like after I, I we had a quote unquote successful startup, we did everything that we did. I've now gained the self-confidence and know that I can be a successful entrepreneur. So that's the, the main thing I got out so of So the process really help you. It's not really the outcome that help you to gain the confidence. It's that the fact that you, you understand about yourself that you're able to do something like this. Yeah. That make you feel like you, you can be confident. Yeah. So the self-confidence I gained from the journey was the hardest thing. Like all the fears that we faced... And the fear of uncertainty is the main thing in a startup. You don't know what you're going to do is going to succeed. Yeah. But you feel, you face it so much every single day that you get over it. So the self-confidence is the main thing I learned. And I'd say the second thing is startup mentality. Like now, like, bro, I'll literally go out to play basketball and I'll see problems I can solve. Yeah. So that, that's the main thing. I love that. I love seeing problems everywhere. Why don't you do something about it? Because <laughs> <laughs> right now, I don't know. I mean, right now, like... I don't have, I, I honestly, I don't have the, the funds or the capability or the resources and the funds to start something right now. I, I need to get stable financially yeah, for me to get to a point sense. where I can like actually like start, like spend time on something other than the, the job. Yeah. So, so, so I guess it's not something specific, like specific skill that you learned that you, no. you think really bad benefit you. It's, it's, do you think doing summer changed who you are as a person? <laughs> bro. Like me and you not the same people, bro. It's fucking crazy. Like the person I met when uh, the person I met when I was in MNP, you yeah, is not the same person of you today. Same thing with me. What? Every year it feels different, bro. If you look like uh, if you if you right now reflect back yeah. to who you were in 2021, 2020, 2019, you go back year by year, it's like a different person each year. Yeah, exactly. It's insane. What do you think it's like a habit or like one or two habit that you learned through the journey that really changed the way that you work and that changed the way you learn? Bro, the best routine, regimented self-discipline, that type of like, like routine that you, that you, that you developed in a startup. Like it's literally the same thing as like when you have a business and you have certain systems in place, right? Doing the same thing every day, same productive schedule every single day will inevitably lead to good results so i wake up i'm trying i'm trying now like start of summer is whatever but when i'm on my shit i'm waking up at the same time every day going to the gym at the same time every day eating the same thing every day that's the main thing i learned in terms of habits 
habits. Yeah. Like with, for example, your mom or David Goggins. Yeah. They just did the same shit every day. Yeah. And they were able to run 70, 100, 150, 200 miles. Yeah. Like that's my, the main thing I learned is like, and, and that helps me too mentally, bro. Okay. When I'm on the same schedule every day, I feel so good. Yeah. So, so you think having a schedule can, it's really the factor that keeps you going. Because you build this habit, it, there's no really excuse for you to not do it. Yeah, self-discipline, yeah. literally. Like, now, like, the gym is just, it's just another thing we have to do in the day. Mm. Right? And we do it regardless of what else we have going on. Mm. You mentioned David Goggins. Is there anyone or any story that really motivate you or inspired you during the process of doing a startup? You mean like a book or something like that? Yeah, like any book or any famous celebrities or that you looked up to, that you really took a lot from. Steve Jobs at that time. I started reading David Goggins' book after summer. Yeah. But at that time, the book, when I read Steve Jobs' book, I realized the importance of a product. And that was the same time. It was February of the, of the year when I realized. So I was reading Steve Jobs when we didn't hit our customer retention rate, like goal for that month. Right? Of 2022. Okay. So I realized, like, it was like, fuck, like, I'm listening to this shit of Steve Jobs <laughs> having the best product of all time. And then we didn't hit our retention rate for that month. So that's probably what, like, shaped my whole thing is, like, strong products really matter. Like, we can't be Steve Jobs and we can't be Ford and stuff like that in terms of, like, predicting customer trends. But we, we have to create a good product. Mm. So pro- product-centric ma- mindset, basically. Yeah, literally. Like, like, I think it's the most important thing, man. Like, and that's what we're seeing now with the recession. Like, only the ones with the strong pro- product and business model are the ones getting funded now. Yeah. 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 What about you? Wait, what's... Okay, so go back to your question. So what is the main thing you learned doing a startup at 20? I learned how to... How to really challenge myself and... and going out of my comfort zone to do something that I'm normally unwilling to do. Like, th- th- there's a quote that's said by Michelle Ramano that I, I still remember in, in Collision, that, that he said, successful people is, is willing to do yeah. things that unsuccessful people is unwilling to do. And this is exactly what I learned. Yes. When we were launching, we're putting up printed... A- <laughs> <laughs> papers on on people's doors uh, on the on bus stations on on all that to to do our marketing normally uh, like i i i was raised in a in a very comfortable family i wouldn't normally do that i was like people you're say, too good for that shit i'm too good for that shit <laughs> yeah and we, we were going door to door knocking at people's door to sell a product and to, to let tell them about our, our things and i wouldn't be comfortable doing it. like those I would think I'm not the one that's doing it, but yeah. but we did it. We overcome it, and and we even set up our our stand in the middle of the park <laughs> while it was raining. While it was raining, we set it up in the middle of the Young and Dundas Street where all the crackheads you know, crackheads are doing. We set up our we set up our stand there to market our business. Yeah. I was scared. I was not willing to do it because I don't think. I, I think I should just be sitting behind the laptop doing computer work. That's yeah. what I think I'm comfortable with. But in reality, I, I really did challenge myself. I really did do things that I'm unwilling to do. And I, I think that also challenged me to do this podcast as well. Like yeah. Normally, I, I would be comfortable sitting at home not doing anything. But I think going through that, doing things that I'm not willing to do, but it will yield a good result, that really helped me to learn the uh, the value of doing things 
outside of my comfort zone and I took it away from my life. I think that that is something that is so valuable that I don't think I can get from other places. Yeah. Right. So, okay, bro, this is the reason we started our startup. We, we, I started, I, we, we were such good co-founders. Yeah. Right? Right now, because this is audio, right? I have in, in my hand my archive of stories from Collision, right? <laughs> I, I storied this on Collision, which is exactly what you just said from Michelle Ramanoff's talk. Yeah, 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 I see. That, that I, I, at the same time, I wrote that down yeah. in my notebook. So it says successful people do what unsuccessful people were unwilling to do. Stop planning and get going. Exactly. So me and you got the same thing out of that. Stop planning and, and start, start going. This exactly. is the point Executing, of the podcast, yeah. really. Yeah, literally. Stop being concerned about what's going to happen. Do it and yeah. you will know what will happen. <laughs> like right now, we don't have a mic. Like we're doing it right off of the phone's mic. It's probably, audio quality is probably shit, but we're just yeah. doing it because fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And last two questions. So since, since our, our business summer, it didn't really go well. But in my opinion, it's not really a failure. Yeah. Well, it, it's not really a success, but I would think it's a, it's a success for me because I did learn a lot from this mm-hmm. journey. I did really challenge myself. So how, how do you define success? Mm. Like in a startup context, I define success as if you learned more than from when you started. And, and in this case, we did. So we learned exponentially more became and not just in terms of like, like subject matter learning. We like, we learned more about our, we became better <laughs> boyfriends because of summer, bro. <laughs> Literally like you too, bro. I noticed a huge change in you. Yeah. Like, like when I met, yo, I'm going to tell them this shit. Okay. <laughs> when I met sure. Frank, <laughs> the main thing that me and him bonded over was like, we were both in bad relationships and we were both having a lot of like relationship conversations about relationships and Frank's main issue in his relationship at that time was he wasn't able to tell that girl that he was unhappy and that the issues in the relationship. And now that shit is not a problem for you, bro. Like mm-hmm. having to, again, it's going back to the difficult conversations thing. Yeah. You're not able to have difficult, you're able to have difficult conversations. Now you're able to do uncomfortable shit now, mm. right? Because you grew up in a, you grew up in a comfortable environment yeah. where now you're not scared to be uncomfortable. Yeah. So that type of shit to me is like the, what defines success is like, and bro, honestly, bro, it's such a big success for me too, because we proved ourselves as founders. We might have not proved ourselves in terms of the startup itself, yeah. but especially when we got that feedback from Generator, yeah. we applied to Generator, we got to the last stage and we got rejected, but there was a feedback interview and they told us themselves, if we were to bet on you individually or together as founders, we would have done it. But they're not betting on us. They're betting on the company. Yeah, and, and I think it's such a big confident boost for me. Yeah. Because before I started, I had no idea whether I'm going to be successful. Yeah. But now, even though this might sound very... What is it? How cocky. do you say? Very cocky. But I, I believe you and me, we will someday... This, I don't know when, but yeah. we will have a very successful startup. Yes. That, that, that can impact a lot of people. I have no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Even if it's not real, but I firmly believe it. And I think it's such, by doing this, I gained this confidence. Like you said, the, yeah. like doing a startup really helped us to gain the confidence to believe in ourselves. Yes. You don't have to believe in the concept. You don't have to believe in what you're doing. Well, you have to if, if you want to be successful. <laughs> but yeah. I think the biggest takeaway is that we gain the confidence to believe in ourselves. Yeah, man, 100%. And it's amazing, bro, because like, like I said, man, my biggest struggle my whole life was self-confidence. And when, 
we kept and we kept getting that feedback not just from generator we got that feedback from other people too like established people in the industry yeah right and that's what really really helped me too man like self-confidence was a big thing for me wow okay last questions is there any advice for young and ambitious gen zers who want to start their business bro i'm gonna just say exactly what michelle ramadan said bro yeah stop planning and get going bro like man like fuck like the main thing we hated at utsc what bro is that there was nobody around us who was doing this shit because everybody was scared everybody was like going down the same corporate route well, well there is there there is the people in the hub yeah, yeah no, but, no, but, no. but from our friends group, yeah I'll no, no i'm sorry so yeah. yeah hub people are great <laughs> i'm talking about from our friend group like from my people around me i was like man like everybody's like i mean i just felt like uncommon amongst, amongst uncommon like the david goggins shit like I felt really uncommon amongst the uncommon group of people because I just felt like I was more willing to do the crazy shit and like more willing to go out of my comfort zone, more willing to like, I was always pushing myself and always doing new shit and everybody else wasn't. And I thought like, oh fuck, like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm supposed to be comfortable right now. And, and very funny, the crazy shit that you were doing start to seem not as crazy when you were doing it. Yeah. Like, bro, I, I told my, you know, <laughs> recently I told my friends, I'm, I'm not going to say who, but I told my friends, I was like, I want to run an ultra marathon. Jeez. Oh, did I, oh, did I tell you that? No, you didn't. Bro, by the end of my life, I want to run at least one ultra marathon. Ultra marathon, like 100 kilometers, 100 miles. Mile. There's yeah. 200, that's 168 kilometers. Yeah. yeah. So I want to run by the end of my life. I want, I'm going to, I'm going to run an ultra marathon. <laughs> okay i told my friends that and there was what your reaction was it was the opposite of that damn. they were like bro you're taking this working out thing too seriously damn i man. swear to god and they were being dead serious and i was like what the fuck do you mean they were like bro like why why who was able to do that another takeaway when you hear some crazy shit that people said before you may have that okay you know, I, I would advise you not to do it but now we not only believe in ourselves, but we also have a genuine interest and believe in others. others yeah, facts. Yeah. They can do and achieve crazy things. Yeah, That's bro. another thing that, that I think that I learned. Like, when people say some crazy shit, I was like, no, you're crazy. I'm not going to say that. I was like, damn, bro, let's go. You do can it. do it. Yeah, do that <laughs> shit. Yeah. Because, bro, if, man, give your mom as an example. Bro, how old is she now? She's 51. Fucking, that's fucking crazy, bro. She's 51. She just ran 78 miles. Yes. Yeah, like, bro, like, stories like that is just... And she's not... She's no one special, bro. Like, oh, no, she is special. <laughs> but I'm saying she's not, a, like, a superhuman, bro. Yeah, she's you know not special mean? at all. She just fucking did the same thing for 10 years and she got there. Yeah. Like, and, and it was sad that... Man, I, I think it's... You're going to feel lonely if you're, if you're like... That, if you're that type of person because you're going to be uncommon amongst uncommon. But it's also a gift at the same time. And, like, keep doing your thing. Yeah. Well, when you start doing it, crazy things will... Will not seem as crazy. Stop planning and get going. Stop planning and get going. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, man. It's, it's great talking to you, bro. Yeah, it was an honor so to be on this podcast. Bro, this shit going to blow for short. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I, I, I hope people who's listening can learn something and take away a piece yeah. or two of our, of our experiences. You're going to learn a lot, too. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. All right. Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Ideas Can't Wait podcast. I apologize if the sound quality is not the best. We literally recorded this with an iPhone on a couch. And if you have taken something away from this podcast and enjoyed our conversation, it will mean the world to me if you can leave a review on wherever you're listening or watching it. It will help this podcast to reach other like-minded people like you. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next one.